You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hey, welcome, folks. Welcome to another uh, edition of the On Point Victor Show. Uh, you are listening to America's Web Radio. I am Victor Armendariz, and this is, as I mentioned, the On Point with Victor Show. Uh, the ambassador of truth. That, that's me, folks. That is me, the ambassador of truth, the, the, uh, the uh, orator of common sense, <laughs> the bringer of logic. <laughs> that's that's that's. Uh, we may have to make some uh, some promos with that, but uh, that's what you're going to get here, folks. Look, I got a good jam-packed show today. Um, I want you guys to really, really tune in today. I'm going to go over a few things. And we'll get into a few things, but I've got, um, especially for those of you in Georgia, for those of you in Atlanta, Georgia, in the area, and specifically DeKalb County, uh, I'm going to have two guests come in in just a few, uh, and they are uh, previous formerly Democrat candidates uh, for sheriff. They were Democrat on the Democrat Party, part of the Democrat Party, probably for a long time. Uh, but they are coming in today because we're going to talk about, A, while the two of them are supporting the Republican candidate for sheriff uh, this go around. So they are walking away from the Democrat Party and supporting uh, the Republican candidate. And we're going to get in and talk in a discussion to, uh, with them about why they're doing that. And we'll also get into a discussion on the current sheriff. Look, folks, you've heard me say it before. Local politics is just as important, if not more important, than national politics. Uh, if you are in your state and your city and your your community, uh, politics starts there. And to make really good change for liberty, change for the cause of, of freedom, uh, you've got to start at the local level. You really, really do. And that includes the office of sheriff. Folks, the office of sheriff is a constitutional office. Uh this race, every just about every state and every city has a, a sheriff, and, and it's an important race. It's a constitutional uh, seat. I mean, it is, even though it is law enforcement. But it is a constitutional uh, election, and the sheriff is elected. Uh, so <clears throat> we're going to get into that some of that today because I think it's very important that uh, we've got two known Democrats that are now supporting the Republican candidate here in Atlanta, Georgia, DeKalb County. Uh, so we're going to get into that later. Uh, but first, I got to get I, I know you guys saw, and I know some of you, because I've already heard some messages. Victor, what are you going to say about what, what, what went on this past weekend? Um, I, I, I'll get into this a little bit, uh, folks, but I mean, if ever, look, if ever Ever the Democrat Party took off their mask, haha, <laughs> mask, and I'm not talking about the uh, face diapers. Uh, I'm talking about their veil. Uh, if ever the Democrat Party was removing it, they're showing it to you every day. If ever the media was showing removing their veil to show you who they are, they've been doing it every day. And if you watched any of the coverage this past weekend of from the moment uh, President Trump was diagnosed to the moment they took him to Walter Reed and now when he stepped out of Walter Reed look folks go back and look at the crap show I mean I want to say another word but I'm not going to because uh, the legend Dave might kick me out of here uh, 
the crap show that went on. Just watch CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, CBS, PBS, NPR. Um, 98% of the media, folks, is 100% against, against Trump. They, they hate him. They don't like him. Um, and look, I don't care if it were Jeb Bush. They would hate him just the same. Do not believe this, this Democrat mantra that it's just because of Trump. Just because there are some never-Trumpers out there who were never conservative to begin with, folks. Any never-Trumper out there, I mean, I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't say all, but but many of them, they were never conservative to begin with. And joining forces with the Democrat Party when you know today's Democrat Party is all about socialism and Marxism. Uh, when you've got Biden who, on his website... And in front of certain crowds, he's 100% for the Green New Deal. Biden is 100% for getting rid of coal. Uh, Harris, too. Biden-Harris, 100% to get rid of coal. They want to get rid of oil. They want to get rid of fracking. 100% they're telling you that they're going to get rid of fossil fuels. But yet in the debate, within five minutes, last debate last week, Biden was... For the Green New Deal, he was against the Green New Deal. He was for the Green New Deal. He was against the new the Green New Deal. And then all of a sudden, it became the Biden plan. <laughs> there is no Biden plan. Uh, the only Biden plan is the manifesto that was written by Bernie Sanders, Ocasio-Cortez, and uh, the Obamas. That That is the manifesto that Biden is living by right now. So there is no Biden plan. Uh, there is no Biden. Biden is, I hate to put it this way, but he's basically an empty vessel for this socialist movement, Marxist movement that is guiding him, and that's the Ocasio-Cortezes of the world. That's the uh, Omars of the world. That's the 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 um, Bernie Sanders, and that's the old Obama bureaucrats that want back in power. Um, and maybe some Clintons. I don't know. I, I got a feeling <laughs> they're pushing the Clintons right on out of here. Uh, but uh, it's amazing. It is absolutely amazing what um, what's going on and what's behind this, but, but but Biden is telling you, you folks in Pennsylvania, and I've got good listeners in Pennsylvania, you guys know, at least my listeners know, I know they know, the Biden-Harris administration has already said numerous occasions they're going to kill jobs in Pennsylvania because they want to get rid of coal and they want to get rid of fracking. Um, West Virginia, they want to get rid of your jobs. Virginia, they want to get rid of your jobs. I mean, it is unbelievable. North Dakota, South Dakota, I, I mean, I could go on and on, but... You only need to look at what, look at his website, look at what's down on paper, look at the manifesto that Biden signed, uh, so that Sanders would step aside, so that Pocahontas would step aside, so he could get the nomination. Um, there, you cannot be a freedom-loving American and be for the Biden ticket. So that's why I'm so hard on Never Trumpers. Um, I don't care. Uh, your moral authority that you give. I don't care if you don't, if you think Trump is orange man bad. What matters is policy. What matters is what's going to help the American people. You either want to help them or you don't. You're either for freedom or you're not. You're either for liberty or you're not. And the Biden Harris ticket is not for freedom, is not for liberty, is not for jobs. It's, they're just not for the people. If you're a millionaire and billionaire, yeah, you want Baron, uh, you want Biden high, uh, <laughs> hiding Biden and Harris. Um, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable, ladies and gentlemen. It really, really is. Uh, but, but I'm just, but what you saw over the weekend 
was a media that was projecting what they wish would happen to Trump. It's awful, ladies and gentlemen. If you find yourself, if you find your, or if you found yourself this past weekend wishing for the death of your president, wishing for the death of anybody, if you find yourself, I don't care if it's President Trump or anyone else, but if you found yourself wishing for his demise or anyone else's, you really need to do some soul searching. You really, really, really need to do some soul searching. Um, the office of the presidency is the office of the presidency. I don't care who occupies it because it's, it's, it's going to be somebody different in, in after the next four years of Trump. It might be someone you like. It might be someone you don't like. It doesn't matter. It's the office of the presidency. But the human decency, you don't wish for the death of someone else. You just don't, folks. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable what we saw, but what you saw this weekend was projection on the media's part and Democrats' part. They were hoping Trump would be weak and feeble. They were hoping Trump would have to be wheeled out in a wheelchair. They were hoping that he was going to have complications and trouble with this. And I know this sounds bad. And I know you guys are going, oh, come on, Victor. You, they, they don't mean that. No, go watch it. Go look up and watch what these media people were saying. Um, and go look at Twitter feeds. Go look at uh, – uh, there were some Obama officials on the Twitter. There were Clinton officials, past officials. They were on the calling for his death. That's pretty messed up, folks. And if you're aligned with a party that openly tweets out that they're hoping for the death and hoping that someone's disease gets worse, uh, man, you really got to do some soul searching. And, you, and you're really aligned with the wrong party. But that that's today's Democrat Party. And it's amazing. Nancy Pelosi, the Democrat from San Francisco, the Speaker of the House, who not a month ago, who, who's still not allowing businesses to open all throughout San Francisco, but she was able to make a business open so she could get her hair done. She walked in with no mask. Where's the outcry for the – if masks are so important, she walked in with no mask and had her hair done with people around her. Where's the outcry for, oh, my goodness, she had no mask. She's a super spreader. She had people around her, and it's on video. President Trump stood on the steps going into his residence, no one around him, no one within 20 feet of him, and they want to have a fit because he took off his mask. Give me a freaking break, folks. Every one of these Democrats who are complaining, including that douche Cuomo on CNN, who had his fake little quarantine, but yet was caught outside with no mask running around when he was supposed to be in quarantine. You see, folks. What's good for you isn't good for them. What you must do, they don't have to do. That's the way this works. Democrat after Democrat after Democrat has been caught outside with no mask and no distancing and all the other crap. You've got Antifa and BLM people screaming in the faces of police officers an inch from their face without mask or with mask. Doesn't matter because mask doesn't stop all particles, especially a cloth mask. We know this. The doctors know this. The scientists know this. The only people who are lying to you are the Democrats and the uh, government-paid scientists. Uh, but you've got video and you've got Antifa people and BLM people that are within inches of the face of police officers screaming in their face. And yet there's no worry from CNN. There's no cause of alarm from any Democrat about those guys being super spreaders. None at all. There's no... Um, Sympathy for the police officers. There's no sympathy whatsoever for the police officers who are in danger there. According to the Democrat standards, they're in danger. 
and yet you don't hear the media saying anything about all these people getting up into the faces of these officers and screaming at them and getting in their face and yelling and, and, and spitting on them. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. So, so the double standard here is, is drives me nuts. This shouldn't be political. We should be able to look and say, hey, we have a president who was sick, and now he looks like he's getting better. There are many ways to look at this. One, we should be thankful that we have a human being who was sick who's getting better. Two, we need to look at this and go, wow, we have come a long way. From in March when COVID-19 was putting people in body bags to now when 74-year-old people with, with obesity can walk out because our therapeutics are that well. All right, folks, you hang on tight. We're going to be right back. We're going to our first break. We're going to be back in a second, and we're going to talk about some more uh, of these uh, atrocities on the other side. Okay, folks, we'll be right back. The Collister's Auto Transport is a privately held company celebrating our 75th anniversary this November, specializing in enclosed-only transportation to the OEM, personal snowbird market, and our favorite market of all is the collector market. Give us a call at 800 748-3160, or you can reach us on the web at mccollisters.com, and that's M-C-C-O-L-L-I-S-T-E-R-S.com. Large enough to handle all of your transportation needs, small enough to provide you the old town, old school service that you come to expect when you're moving your baby. Whether cruising the Strip in a 57 Chevy or taking the family on a vacation in a 71 Oldsmobile Vista Cruiser, you need to tune in to Classic Cars with Steve Ronaldo and Jim Weber every Saturday from 8 to 9 a.m. on AmericasWebRadio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back, folks. Oh, it's good, good, good to be back. Now, those of you who are watching on the webcams, uh, you see me join now by a, f- a few people, and uh, we're going to get to them in a second, so you're going to want to stay tuned because as I, when I opened the show, I told you guys about um, Atlanta, Georgia, and DeKalb County and how the sheriff race is a constitutional office. Well, I am honored to have three candidates with me, uh, two former and one current. And uh, so I want you guys to pay attention. And those of you out there, and uh, look, my California listeners, my Pennsylvania listeners, and North Dakota, South Dakota, all you guys across the country who are listening, I, I want to tread on your attention span today because what's happening here in DeKalb County is probably happening in your state because just about every state and every city or, or county has a sheriff. And, and what we're going to talk about today, uh, trust me, you're going to want to, you're going to want to tune in. So, so just because you're in Pennsylvania or somewhere, Florida, don't think you don't need to listen to, to this when we start talking about the, the DeKalb County here in Georgia because it's happening all over the place. Um, so we're going to get into that. But I want to I, – before I get to that, I want to just finish up my opening segment when we're talking about um, we need to be concerned about policy. 
We need to be concerned about what helps people. And, and I'm really, really, really getting tired. Uh, I just, I want to point something out. Uh, I had a listener to send me an email and ask, um, Victor, can you talk about millionaires and billionaires and how they're tied in with the, with the political parties? Uh, because they said, you know, I, I've heard, I've been told for years that the Republican Party is the party of the millionaire. The Republican Party is the party of the mil- of the billionaires. Uh, but yet they, they astutely noticed that if you pay attention to today, you know, folks, I tell you all the time, today's Democrat Party is not yesterday's Democrat Party. Um, they're not, this is not the Kennedy Democrats, what we have today. And, and so this listener pointly, astutely pointed out, he goes, you know, I hear about Jeff Bezos. He's a billionaire, but he's not a Republican. Uh, the guy that owns the Mavericks, oh, what's his name? Mark Cuban. Mark Cuban. Guy's a Democrat, a billionaire. Um, so I wanted to go over, I, because that listener mentioned that, I just want to, I want to point out how right they are and why the media doesn't do, is just not being honest with it and why the Democrats, and, and look, they're, some Republicans too. Look, politicians in general, you really got to hold their feet to the fire, folks, because they will not tell you the truth. <laughs> um, there's some out there that will, but right now we're getting a lot of lot of uh, bad information, and and I want you to hear this, folks. Let's go over today because for years and years and years you've been told that the Republicans are the party of the millionaires and billionaires. Let me just let's go over this. Al Gore, Democrat. Over $300 million. John Kerry, Democrat, worth over $250 million. John Delaney, Democrat, $230 million. Hillary Clinton, $120 million. Now, folks, the question you need to ask, because I know some of you are going, but Victor, you're for freedom and liberty. You're for capitalism. Yes, I am. And I don't care how wealthy anyone is. I I, I think everyone should should strive for wealth. And when somebody makes it, we should look at them and go, hey, how did you do that? Can you can you give me can you mentor me? Or, you know, we should look at it that way. But the problem is, is the left is always demonizing money. But yet, look how many people I just named that are multimillionaires. And the question you need to ask is not if a working man achieved millions and billions like Mark Cuban, maybe, or say, say, President Trump or his family, whatever. If somebody built a business and signed paychecks and created jobs, it's not their tax forms we should be looking at. It's the person who became a politician and has been a politician for 50 years who is now a multimillionaire. That's the tax returns we need to see. How did you go, uh, Hillary, from, from next to nothing to being a $120 million person today when you all you've done throughout your life is politics? You're living off the taxpayer. Uh, Al Gore the same way. So uh, Nancy Pelosi, Nancy, a mask for you but not for me. Pelosi, $120 million she's worth. Not her husband. She is. Um, Dianne Feinstein, over $80 million. Susan Rice, $40 million. Gavin Newsom, $10 million. I mean, I could go on and on. Uh, Bernie, who is a, a known – he says he's a socialist. I'm not saying he's a socialist. Bernie said he's a socialist, all right? He calls himself a Democrat socialist. Um, this guy's a millionaire. He's only been ha- – he's never had a private sector job, folks, only been working in government, okay? How did he get his millions? We should ask these questions. This guy has three homes. The so-called socialist who's telling you and me that we need to live in a small home and use less power, that we don't need to drive gasoline cars, but yet he has three homes, one in Vermont, one in D.C., and one in Burlington. Um, these aren't cheap homes. One was six hundred grand that he paid cash for. 
Uh, one was 405,000. One, uh, and one was 500,000. Those are three homes that he owns now, folks. I, I mean, Again, I, I, I don't care if how many homes he, homes he owns. What I care about is if you're telling me that I can't own homes or that I need to live a certain way, then you need to do it first. You need to do it first. So when, when a politician looks at you and says that you don't need to fly as much, turn around and say you first. Because when a politician is telling you that you need to fly less, they turn around and get on their private jet. When a politician is telling you not to drive your SUV, they turn around and get in a fleet of SUVs. So any politician, I don't care if they're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Independent, whatever they are, when they tell you that you need to do something, then turn around and say you first. If anyone in this country should lead by example, it should be our elected officials. We the people, because we have such a precious document in this country – the only country in the world that has a document that says, hey, government, the people are free, and we're going to write in this document the restrictions of the government, that, you, that there are things you can't do to the people. We're the only country that has a document like that. We're the only country that, that is a representative government. We, the people, can get together, and my gosh, folks, as I'm going to demonstrate with DeKalb County here in Georgia, there is no voice more powerful than when we stand together as people. Not as a D or an R. When we stand together as people, and what I mean by that, folks, is if there is a Democrat or a Republican out there and they've been representing you for 40 years and nothing's gotten better, it's time for you to take your vote back. So in a place like DeKalb or some other states where you've got the same people you've been sending back and these people keep ending up jail in, in jail when they get out of office or they're under investigation while they're in office or 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 as, as we'll talk about the current decap sheriff who i think owes a little bit of money <laughs> and is under investigation i mean folks we can't keep sending those people and and look i'm hispanic uh i i am I'm, I'm a proud brown american <laughs> and and i have been told all my life that i should vote for a democrat but folks if i do that then the politician that's supposed to represent me is going to take me for granted a politician should have to earn my vote every two and four years. So I can never be married, nor will I ever be married to a letter R or a letter D. And you guys who listen to me, you know that I will I, I will call out the Republicans and I will call out the Democrats uh, be, when they deserve it. And right now, a lot of them deserve it. But ladies and gentlemen, listen to me closely, especially if you're brown, black, yellow, whatever you are. If you're a minority, do not blindly give your vote to a candidate. Make them earn it. And as I'm going to talk about in DeKalb County, if, if the folks – and I'm going to go ahead and let's bring in my guest. Um, because if you're a voter in DeKalb County and you want to draw the most attention to this county as you possibly can – Throw out who you've been sending in and send somebody else. I don't care if they have an R by their name. You want to shock the system? The people who have the most power in DeKalb are the Democrats. And for them to, to, to just – look, you have the power in DeKalb County. If you send a Republican into office, you can take them out in two years. But if you want to shock the system and if you want the country to look and go, holy cow, what's going on in the cab? If you want the Democrat Party to suddenly stop taking your vote for granted and make them earn it, throw them out of office. You have the power to remove them and to put them in. But if you don't use that power, then your vote's being taken for granted. Take it from me, guys. I, I know. I know. I see it. Um, so speaking of DeKalb County. So 
if you're watching on the webcams, my guest today, I have Geraldine Champion. Hello. I have Carl Mobley. Hello. Mobley? Mobley. Mobley, Mobley. Mobley, Mobley. Okay. <laughs> and I have uh, Harold Dennis. How are you, sir? Um, How are you? Look, uh, Harold Dennis is, a, is the current candidate for DeKalb County Sheriff. And what we're going to talk about right now is a race that's that's uh, coming up in November. And again, folks, local politics is so important. It's even more important, like I say, than national politics. Uh, if you can't really influence on what happens on the local, then what happens on the national, man, if you wait for that stuff to trickle down for you, then you're going to be waiting a long time. So to really take notice of your local elections, well, the sheriff's election here is, is a huge election coming up in November. And Dennis, Harold Dennis is the current candidate. But I want to talk to... Um, Carl Mobley over here and Geraldine, because the two of them were former Democrat candidates for sheriff, correct? Correct. Correct. And so I want to get into a discussion because Harold is running on the Republican ticket. But, Carl, you and Geraldine are both supporting Harold. Is that right? Correct. That's correct. Okay. So just give me an idea real quick. We're going to get into some things about the current sheriff and things like that but i want just give me an idea on what draws you to harold dennis and i'll start with with uh with with geraldine but if you can get a little closer to the to the mic and tell me what it is about harold that draws you to him first of all my name is geraldine champion and uh i've this is the third time uh, that i've ran for sheriff of the cab county wow i started off with with uh, Derwin Brown. I was supposed to have been in the car with him that night. If anybody can remember in 2000 when he was assassinated. And from then on, I just got into politics of wow. the sheriff because I wanted to do some things that he was going to do, mm-hmm. which was the right thing. And uh, so, and besides that, I'm a homicide detective, um, retired from the city of Atlanta for 27 wow. years. Woo. I have 17 years of military intelligence, military time, and I have a son that's the only uh, helicopter pilot in Fulton County. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So I'm about the law. (laughs) You are living, breathing law. Yes. (laughs) Plus, I'm a trailblazer. I've been, most of the things that I've been into in the police department, I was either the only woman or the only black woman. Wow. And, And I went from foot beat all the way to homicide detective so I know honest people when I see them mm-hmm. uh, and I know uh, corrupt people I can smell them out <laughs> I bet you can with those many years of and and, and I'm a individualist mm, uh, I, I, I'm I, you know I was born I guess a Democrat but I'm, I'm an individual I look at a person's I look first I look at their heart and their compassion mm-hmm. Because when you are dealing in law enforcement, you got to have some degree of compassion. Oh, absolutely. And uh, uh, and this is what I look. This kind of character I look for in a person. Hmm. I'm also a black female, and normally you would expect me to support a black female. But again, I'm an individualist. Mm-hmm. If I see something stink, then I am the kind that will I'll speak up. Uh, and uh, and in this situation, I'm speaking up because uh, I know I've been inside of that jail, uh, that that uh, DeKalb County Jail. I know it's corruption going on in there. Yeah, and we're talking about the the DeKalb County Jail system and and the corruption that seems to be going on in there. 
including some some uh, let's just say a scrupulous thing that's going on with the current sheriff. Oh well, the, the, the one of the things and the major thing is my idea is if you can't run a control uh, control your home, your home finances. Mm-hmm. How in the world are anybody expect you to run a ninety million dollar wow. budget? A budget. And and case in point, right now I have a paper uh, signed by Judge Johnson. Uh, it's um, it, it's um, garnishment against her salary right mm. now as we speak. Two hundred and forty-seven thousand dollars. That's uh, divided in between three businesses. One of the businesses is Zell Jewelry. The other business is Home Depot. And the other one is School Loans. Oh, wow. Okay, so the current sheriff is getting a salary of 247 whatever thousand. No. Okay. No, the, the, the current the, the, the salary... The current salary is not two hundred forty okay. for the sheriff. She's being garnished she for two hundred three thousand oh. for a student loan. The other two garnishments happen from um, Zales and Home Depot. Okay, got it. Okay, so she basically owes some money, didn't Correct. pay it, and now they're garnishing her paycheck. Correct. And she's the current sheriff yes. who's supposed to oversee a ninety million dollar budget. Correct. Yeah, ninety million plus dollar budget. Okay, this is the kind of thing right here. And, Carl, how do we reach the the voters of DeKalb County, which are overwhelmingly Democrat, how do we reach them and say, we've got to stop this corruption? This isn't about D's and R's. This is about people. And I've known – me personally, I've known Harold. Harold, I cannot say what a good friend he is of mine. I know he's a good guy. I don't care what party he's on. So how do we reach the voter of DeKalb, Carl? How do we let them know you gotta you gotta get behind somebody like Harold, and we gotta stop the corruption that's in the, the, well, the their name? We, it's, it's it's just an everyday task. We have to get out and just beat it into the people, and let the people know that um, we gotta get away from the party line. Mm-hmm. And and that was one of my platforms I ran on. Wow. You know, I wanted to separate from the party altogether and look at me as an individual. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't about you with this party or that party. Mm-hmm. And let's look at the individual. And one of the problems we have with that particular race is she never was elected to that position. They wow. they gave her that mm-hmm. position and made her the incumbent, which was so unfair to all the other candidates. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're looking at that kind of establishment, who's pulling those strings? Now, Carl... I, let me just reiterate. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the current sheriff was not elected. We we had a sheriff who got himself in some trouble Correct. and had to leave. And, and again, this is what I mean about sending the same type of people back, and that's the, what we're trying to break, um, is, is stop sending the same people just because they have a letter D by their name. And the, so we had a sheriff of DeKalb County who had to leave because of some things he did. And so this sheriff that's in there now, because we had a sheriff that was appointed Ruth uh, Springer. Stringer. Stringer. <laughs> I always do that. But Ruth Stringer, and um, who clearly was for law, order, and honesty. Right. And I don't think certain people like that. And so elaborate a little bit what you mean by the current who is Maddox, Sheriff Maddox, right? Sheriff Maddox. How she was not elected, but she was basically appoint anointed so that she could be called the incumbent. So elaborate a little bit on that. Well, from from 
what we understand, um, Thomas Brown, who was one of the previous sheriffs, mm-hmm. still kind of pulled, pulled, pulled the, strings. the strings. And he, when he decided to run for Congress against Hank Johnson, against Hank. Mm-hmm. he put Jeff Mann in that position, mm-hmm. same way. He made Jeff Mann the incumbent. Mm-hmm. Jeff Mann took over, and when Jeff Mann got arrested, mm-hmm. they said, well, we want to find somebody who's going to be able to continue on our um, contract Right. Signing and make mm-hmm. sure that, that we don't mess up our money. Mm-hmm. So they pulled Melanie Maddox in. Now, Melanie Maddox, uh, I mean, you know, I can't say anything bad to, as far as her personality-wise. Right. Mm-hmm. But she hasn't earned that position. Mm-hmm. She was only in law enforcement for a few years before she got out. And all of a sudden, Thomas Brown decided to bring her in hmm. and, and make her uh, uh, interim, interim sheriff. Interim sheriff. Which automatically put the incumbent by her name, by which her was just name. not fair to the rest of the candidates. No. Um, but she's in there to sign his contracts and make sure his contracts continue. Well, see, that's the part, Carl and Geraldine. We know that he did this because there's a 90-plus million-dollar budget for that that this sheriff is going to manage. And these guys that, that run the, the, the gambit, even though they're not there anymore, like you right. mentioned with Tom Brown – who, who really have the clout still, they've got a gravy train because of the way they get these contracts. And they don't want that to go away. They don't want anyone to come in and do an analysis. Disrupt their system. And to disrupt their system. Well, he's, he's, he's also a consultant well, of course. for the jail. Um, so uh, amongst being a consultant, he got two or three other contracts in there. Mm-hmm. And they're deeply buried. Wow. Um, and, and, you know, there again, when, when we're looking at... <coughs> Like me, I, I born and raised in the cab, mm-hmm. the cab police for twenty eight years. Wow! Um, never thought about running for sheriff. Mm-hmm. I supported Harold Dennis, mm-hmm. Democrat. Supported Harold Dennis in twenty sixteen. Right. He encouraged me to run. Never mm-hmm. thought I would. Um, but when we ran, of course, the coronavirus hit. Mm-hmm. It shut a lot of things down. Absolutely. Yeah. But when we start looking at the jail. You had Melanie Maddox to do a a um, NAACP um, signing to get the inmates registered to vote. Hmm. Here's the problem with that: who had access to the inmates? Exactly. We didn't have a problem with inmates voting. voting. Who had access to the inmates? She did. She did. If you walk around in front of inmates with a uniform on and you're standing <laughs> over them while they're filling out the paperwork, so it's so much different yeah. corruption, so many yeah. different levels going on. That's why. I am all for, let's eliminate the party line. Yeah. Let's let people vote for who they want to vote for. Yeah. Let's get away from the DNR mm-hmm. and, and let the best man, and best, let the woman, best man or person woman win. win. Absolutely, Carl. You know, uh, Harold, you and I have had this discussion before, and I bet you guys agree. The sheriff should be a nonpartisan race. Sure. There should be no D's and R's. And, and, it, and in this case, in the Cobb County, it really should be an open seat. There should be no incumbent listed. Shouldn't. But but because of the way they finagle and the, and they do it on purpose, just like you said, Carl, they want that incumbent by the name because so many voters will just go in and just, and vote. just vote incumbent. And, and that's what's got to stop because you get these bad apples in there. And 
we're not saying, and I'm not saying that all people on one side are bad, and, and I know you guys aren't saying that either. Right. But when we see a problem, we as people must step up and, and, and make a change. And that's where this is this this is where we're headed right now because if Maddox is allowed and, and elected to the office, the bad contracts and the, the let's just face it, there there is the corruption. The mismanagement of the jail. Right. The mismanagement of the jail, the corruption that goes on with the contracts, the, the gravy train that someone like Brown has. I mean, if you're a consultant getting paid and you're uh, – I mean, you're getting paid in numerous ways, but that money's eventually it, – it all comes from the taxpayer. It does. And, and when people complain and taxpayers will complain about certain things being expensive, well, a lot of times it's because of the abuse of the tax dollar money that's going on. And, and when you've got a $90 million budget and you've got these favorable contracts coming in and, let's, and, and we know there's corruption – the people's pockets not getting lined. It's the politician and the right, corrupt right, politician right. whose pockets getting lined. Correct. Like the same politicians that you mentioned earlier who came in and they're yeah. making money. Yeah, eighty well, million dollars, two hundred forty million dollars. Right. Where are they getting the money from? That's they're what, getting the money from the taxpayers. And I and at some point, we as a country, we've got to ask the question. We as people, as voters, we as voters. And again, it has nothing to do with skin color. No, it no. has. We should be able to go. Okay, There's wait no. a minute. If if you came from nothing and the people were 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 gave you the honor of representing, and then all you did was find ways to pad your pocket to go from from a okay living to a multimillionaire, there's got to be accountability for that. Well, one of the things I wish that the U.S. would go to would be a term limited. Oh yes, <laughs> you know, go to a term yes. limit. I don't think a person should be in any one position for, for 30 years. Year. Yes. You know, Carl, I love it that you mentioned that because I'm 100% a term limit guy. And in reality, we the people, if, if we would take voting more seriously and if we would stand up and, and divorce from the D and the R and just say we're going to vote for policy and people, there would the be term limits <laughs> because we would be throwing a lot of these people out. Uh, but if the voter won't do that, I, I would if, – if I ever ran and got elected, I would, uh, I, I would push for term limits so hard mm-hmm. because the I, – I, look, my, uh, my father came here from Mexico, couldn't speak English. And he not only did he learn the language, he went to school, got educated, worked no less than three jobs at a time. I grew up watching the American dream because my dad went from three jobs cleaning hospital beds to retiring CFO of a company. And if he can do it, by God, if you're born in this country, you can do it. And and, and it, my dad did this through the, the 60, late 50s, 60s and 60s. Where they weren't exactly friendly to brown people either, <laughs> so, but you know, my dad always told me. He goes, he goes, look. He always told me, nobody, nobody can stop you from doing what you want. It, it, nobody in this country. He said, if we were somewhere else, if we were in the old country and other places, right. he goes, oh yeah, but in this country. Only you can let that roadblock stay. And, of course, they're going to be mean people. But you just push them aside and you move on. Push them aside you move on. You get knocked down, you get up. Well, one of the, prob- what- one of the problems I think we have, um, people, are, people have gotten complacent and complacent, lazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, I wish just um, before you go out and vote, do your homework. Do your homework. Yeah, research. Do your homework. Yeah. Look at each individual candidate. Mm-hmm. You know, not... Like you say, let's just not go up there and say, oh, well, that person's already in here. They're incumbent. Right. <laughs> you know, the worst thing you can do, other than being married to a letter, 
is to to be married to incumbency. When when you go in and you say, "Oh gosh, they've been there, so they must be good." No, you should. If an incumbent's there, you should look even more harshly on their record, mm-hmm. because if 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 you've given them the grace and the honor to to represent you, they need to earn. Every two years or four years or whatever it is, they need to earn it every time. And the problem is, Carl and Geraldine, is people get in there and they forget that they have to keep earning it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it's one more other thing I yeah. want to bring up. We are being sold like we are uh, vegetables. Mm. Uh, one of our biggest problems is accepting money, getting paid off. Mm-hmm. We forget character. Mm-hmm. We forget everything decent. Mm-hmm. All someone has to do is come and offer us a certain amount of money, which is going on so it's just going on so much now, mm-hmm. and then we'll just lose all our character, all our self respect, mm-hmm. and take that money, which means to me that somewhere down the line you're gonna have to pay. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna owe be somebody. embarrassed. You're gonna embarrass yes. your, your 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 family mm-hmm. because you n- n- nothing is free. Exactly. Nothing is free, and mm-hmm. and it's just you're selling your soul. You're yeah. selling your soul. And this is part of our problems, and I hate to say it is with our women. We are so vulnerable to that, and it makes me so sad to see a one because we are strong people, mm-hmm. we are intelligent people, mm-hmm. and we can strive and get knocked down and come back. I've done it too many times. <laughs> we don't have to sell our soul. No, we don't. We you don't. know, and we don't have to, you know, embarrass ourselves by somebody uh, or some organization saying, let, let me say this. I have tried to run for Shay three times. Mm-hmm. Three times someone has called me and say, what would you take to get out of the race? Oh, my goodness. You've got to be kidding me. Here's, I, I'm a, here's, a, here's an example right here. Someone from the Cab County called me. It was a man voice and asked me what would you take to get out of the race unbelievable this is how corrupt it's corrupt that whole system mm-hmm. is now i don't in other words that's not my character i got a son i got to always sit example for but mm-hmm. what if i had gave an amount of money who was on the other end who is going to be there wait because if you take money and look folks Ooh, this is listening this yes, this goes. I don't care what industry you're in, but if you if you put your character aside and you know what's right and you put it aside and you take money, the pauper is going to come calling at some point. This is how corrupt the Cab County Sheriff Department is, because it was someone representing the Cab County mm. Sheriff. Department. But I want I want to make out a good point. As a, as a DeKalb County officer, now I can't speak for any other agency, mm-hmm. but as a DeKalb County employee, officer of the courts, you can't get hired if you're on a garnishment. Wow. So she shouldn't even be sitting with exactly. she's sitting. We, when we're going through our background investigation, yeah. and they do our... <laughs> Believe me. <laughs> they, I, <laughs> and, and they do our, um, our um, employee history mm-hmm. and our financial history. In our financial history, they look at who you, owe who you owe and have you ever been garnished, and how much you owe, and how much you mm-hmm. how much you owe out. Yeah. So it just behooves me for the sitting sheriff to owe two hundred three thousand dollars on one loan, mm. on one loan, mm. and and to still be in that position when I know for a fact other employees that work for the sheriff's office 
have been garnished. They had to take time off to go get the garnishment straight. So once again, we have a person in high office who is doing one thing, and then the people who are, I mean, the, the to use a Marine term, or the grunts, <laughs> who have to bear the burden. Mm-hmm. The, the, the so-called leadership isn't setting an example. Correct. I mean, this is this is the kind of, and this is what bugs me too. Why on earth have you know we've got some pretty good local news stations here? Yes, we do. They're ignoring this. Yes, they are. They're ignoring it, and and this is the problem I have with the media. You know, people, you know, people like to joke and say, <clears throat> "Oh, you talk about the media bias." Well, I do talk about media bias because it's because there. they are, and and, it, and it's there, and it's alive and well. And when you've got this case, when you've got a current sheriff who's overseeing officers and those officers if they were doing what she did they would be put on leave until they've worked out their finances or worked out whatever it was but yet she's allowed to sit there not only sit there she's allowed to run as an incumbent Mm -hmm. this is the that compromises your integrity oh my gosh the the integrity she had if she had if she has any left it needs to come out. Imagine imagine <laughs> what your paycheck looked like if somebody's garnishing you garnishing for $203,000. Oh, uh, now, what is she bringing home and how is she supporting her living? So what kind of per diem is she getting that we don't know about? Exactly. And what kind of side deal is she getting to hold these contracts? And, and, and that is a question that little radio me shouldn't be asking your local news we we got to get this story out let me let me say one more thing and then i'm gonna hush no you talk as much as you want you've earned it (laughs) i from the day that they killed up when that's when all this corruption came to a head but it goes further than the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. This corruption goes as it go much higher oh, it than the sheriff's department oh, because yes. I I for one have a list that Durbin gave me. I would have been his second person in charge. Mm-hmm. It's seven people on that list that I keep locked up that's taking money mm-hmm. from the sheriff's department that's collecting their part of mm-hmm. that their share of the corrupt money. Yeah. I have those seven names locked up in uh, in the bank. Wow. And, uh, it may come out sometime. It may not. Mm-hmm. But this corruption goes much higher than the sheriff's department. Mm-hmm. goes much higher. And for some reason, Channel 11, Channel 2, and Channel 5 will not. Will not. They will not air this. It, it blows my mind, Geraldine. I, I mean... I, how can somebody call themselves a news agency and a journalist if they don't want to get to the bottom of this kind of corruption? And again, if if this were were Republican corruption, I would be the first in line. I mean, I'm a conservative guy. I would be the first in line right. wanting to throw them out because, again, this isn't about party. This is about what's right for people. You're right. And we can't help the people of DeKalb, which need help. If we can't stop the corruption, and you're 100 percent right, Jody, the corruption goes beyond the sheriff's. Well, I know, and, and personally, and we had a news conference. Case in point, we had a call a news conference um, when the Ruth Springer, mm-hmm. and she put the you know she put the notice out to Channel Two, Channel Five, Channel Eleven, and Channel Forty Six. Nobody mm-hmm. showed up but Channel Forty Six. Gosh, you gotta be kidding! So me. something is real yeah. wrong here, and I'm make, not afraid to say it. Makes you, something is wrong. Yeah. Well, it makes you wonder how far that corruption reaches. Uh, well, <laughs> I mean, doesn't it? Well, it just and it makes you wonder 
<clears throat> it just lets you know why DeKalb is not in the top three counties like we used to be. Like we used to. Oh We've God. just so inundated with corruption throughout our county. Oh. And it's, it's gotten you know, really bad. This is a great point, Carl. I And many of the listeners know this, but some may not. Um, but you and I talked a little bit about this already, Carl. Uh, I grew up in DeKalb. You grew up in DeKalb. I did, too. And Geraldine grew up in DeKalb. Harold, you've been in DeKalb. Born and raised. Right? <laughs> Born and raised. So we've got four people here generations. who have spent generations in DeKalb County. And, and, and Carl, to your point, I remember... Um, because I remember, you know, I, I <laughs> until I was 13 years old, was in a pretty small house with my my brothers, my sisters, and um, and I remember asking my mom and dad, why why are we living here? You know, why you know as any kid does, you know, you get friends and you go, hey, wait a minute, that's a pretty cool place. What are we doing over here? Uh, because we lived in a small house in in, in on uh, in in Brook, what is now Brookhaven, uh, Shambly, and what well, is Brookhaven now? Um, and I used to ask that question, and my mom and dad would say, you know what? The schools here are good. We want you to have my father, who 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 to this day still has an accent, but but used to say I'm I'm you know he used to always say I'm getting rid of my accent, but he hasn't. Um, my dad, I used to I used to love Captain Crunch cereal, and my dad to this day can't say Captain Crunch. It's Captain Crunch. You want the Captain Crunch, but but no. But my point is, he all the time throughout from the time I could walk. All I can remember my dad saying is education, education, education. Get he's and, and my dad was I don't care if you don't have to get a master's degree. I don't care what college you go to. Just get an education. Right. Let's finish elementary. And then he was like, let's finish high school. And then he said, let's do some college. Let's finish college or or tech, whatever. Just right. get a trade or education. Right. He would not let that out of my mind. And and I'll tell you, I was I got to college and I went the wrong way. But because I'll tell you, I spent the first two or three years in college just a screw up and i'll admit it uh but it was the look on my dad's face that made me turn it around and then graduate with a pretty darn good gpa and 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 i graduated uh but uh because you were held to a high standard yes exactly and, and to look at the disappointment in his face but but my dad would say but that's the point though is he would say we're here for the schools because you guys got to get educated you guys got to get educated but now you can't say that about DeKalb County. You can't. Mm. The schools are just are are, are not where they They're used to They're be. They're terrible. They're putting out and Harold, I'm sure you can attest to this. You guys probably know this. They're putting out graduates who can't read at a sixth grade level. Came by the check. <clears throat> How are you going to function in society? And they wonder why we get people who become. Uh, dependent on government or dependent on politicians shouldn't be that way but if you can't read and and write and I want to take it a step farther Mm -hmm. and I'm going to touch on something that's a pretty touchy subject we we are out protesting about the corruption in the police department Mm -hmm. I'm all for locking up bad apples apples. Mm -hmm. I've I've been out there can Mm -hmm. no one tell me I've been on that line for twenty-eight years. years. I've been on that line, witness champion, witness champion, and okay. seventeen. Seventeen. Okay. Now the problem I have is when we're not educating our kids and we're not being involved in the schools as law enforcement officers, and we're not recruiting from our community. Communities. How can we complain? Yeah. When right. when 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 I go out and talk to um, young men of color. And I say, well, you know, you ever thought about being a policeman? Mm-hmm. The look that I get. I mean, I made my son become an officer. Did you really? Oh, yeah. I oh, made him wow. come. I'll show you That's the picture. Awesome. But he used it to his advantage, and he's moved on. Mm-hmm. 
um, got a better job. Mm-hmm. But when we're not recruiting from our own community because the community knew of the corruption, mm-hmm. when when you got guys who are saying, man, I'm not going to work for you. How corrupt? The sheriff office corrupt. Mm-hmm. Police corrupt. Right. What, what, what kind of example are we setting out yep. when, when we're letting our top leaders mm-hmm. get away with this kind of corruption? Like the sheriff, the top sheriff, mm-hmm. and, and, and you're looking at her wrongdoings as far as her um, inability to handle her finances. Right. But you're holding your employees accountable. But you're holding your employees accountable. And you are supposed to preside over a $90 million plus budget. Mm-hmm. How can you do that? With How can you do it with the confidence of the people? And I just want to reiterate, no one at this table is attacking anyone personally. But we attack the policy because when policy is bad, it's going to hurt the people. Hurt everyone. And the people that we represent should be the up the foremost of our thoughts all the time. And when you've got corruption, uh, it, it's it's even it's even more of, of a of a call to action. And Carl, what a great point, Harold. We've talked about community policing because mm-hmm. Her- Carl and and Geraldine, you guys will get a crack out of this. And I'll make it quick. When I was about eleven years old. I thought I was a motorcycle stuntman. And I went to a friend of mine's house down the street and took out his motorcycle, and I went for a joyride through the neighborhood. <laughs> well, I got pulled over by one of DeKalb's finest. And, and this is what I love about back then community policing. He pulled me over, and he goes, Hey, uh, you're going to walk that bike home. And I turned, and I, and I went, Oh, but, but it runs fine. You know, I, it took me a minute. And he goes, You're going to walk it home. And I and then it ah oh, yes sir I am I'm gonna walk this bike home now again I'm a brown kid Mexican descent riding a motorcycle that was not tagged for the street and I didn't have a license anyway uh, but this officer who I've seen in the community before because they would come and do and they know you stuff, and he knew who I was and he knew where I lived because he said you're either gonna walk at home no, or no, I'm gonna take no you home. So one or the other, and and it was. I will never ever forget that, and I'll never forget that officer, because sure he could have called my parents and he could have done, but he gave me the option to say, hey, do the right thing and don't let me catch you doing it again. But he did it in a very nice, civil way, but a stern way to let me know that okay, he's authority. Right. And and look, my dad would tell me all the time. My mom would tell me all the time. Look, when when I turned 16 and started to drive, they said, look, when you get pulled over, because it'll happen, be respectful. Don't ever not be respectful. I don't care how right you think you are. Don't be disrespectful. Right. Be respectful, and things usually will work out. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'd love to see, Carl, is community policing. And take it further, like you said, recruit from the community. You know, a community that wants a law, most communities, let me put it this way, they want law and order. They want safety because they want their kids to be able to go to school and walk home and not be in danger of being kidnapped or mugged or robbed. That's the community that wants safety. So what a better place to recruit for your local if police can be more local. And I mean community policing. Then you get to know each other, and there's not animosity between each other. Correct. So, well, we're getting to the end of the show. Harold, you didn't say much. (laughs) So I want to end the show. First of all, thank you so much, Geraldine. Thank you so much, Carl. I want to have you guys back because this was a great discussion. Harold, tell us how to help you forward, Sheriff, real quick in five seconds. (laughs) So if you'd like to reach out to me, you can go to Harold Dennis for Sheriff. F-O-R-Sheriff.com. That's the website. Or you can also call me at 
5906269. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, help this help Harold. He needs it. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been On Point with Victor. We'll be back next week. Stay tuned for Locked and Loaded with Roger B. All right. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.